Okay, good evening, everybody. It's working? Yeah. So I, I saw there was an article in Inc. Magazine this week. It said, Inc. Inc. Oh, Magazine. Yeah. It said, the 60-second habit, this 60-second habit has helped put me in a better, more productive mood each morning. So the question is, what is this 60-second habit that this person discovered that changes his whole day? So we'll come to him after we're done. See what we got from the Torah. So we, we, we read in this week's Perasha. So man said, so this is after Adam uh, does the sin, he eats from the tree. So Hashem says to Adam, he comes to him. He eats after done the sin? No, he, he's, he's, eaten, he's eaten from the tree. Okay. Okay, so now we have the, the voice of Hashem is in the garden. Mm-hmm. And the man gets nervous. And he says, Ayeka, where are you? So he says to him, you know, what do you do? So Adam answers him, Bayomir. Adam, man says to Hashem, Ha'isha asher natata imadi. The woman who you placed, who you gave to be with me, he not nali min She gave me from the tree, and I ate. So God saying to him, Why do you eat? Wait, wait, wait. Not my fault, God. The woman that you gave me, she gave me, and that's why I ate. So either he's blaming. The woman, or he's blaming God. Rashi says that what do we see here? Kan kofer betova. Here we see that man demonstrates his ungratefulness to the kindness of Hashem. The Gemara goes further and says, Amar lahen Moshe leIsrael. Moshe turns to Bnei Israel and says, Kafui tova bnei, kafui tova. You people are ingrates, the descendant of an ingrate. He says, how are they ingrates? As it says, that they were sick of the man. Hashem gave them this incredible gift of the man, and they said they were sick of it. So he says, you are an ingrate. And he says, how do you know that they're descendants of an ingrate? And the Gemara says, because Adam was an ingrate. God gave him the wife, and what did he say? He said, that's the wife you gave me. But, to be fair to Adam, I mean, he was the first human being. He, he had not learned any social skills. <laughs> he had not learned any social skills to be able to you know, navigate the idea that, well, okay, I messed up, but really, if the woman hadn't been here, I wouldn't have messed up. So, he was telling the truth. Uh, he sounded ungrateful, but he hadn't learned the skills. He was a new human being. He hadn't... Yeah. That's taking a lot of credit from Adam Kadmon. We have how great Adam was. The angels couldn't tell the difference between man and God. So the entire, the entire scenario, though, it's, it's a little difficult to understand. So it's interesting. So the Arizal brings something. He says, what do you mean? He says that, didn't Hashem say that it's not good for man to be alone? And I'm going to make for him Ezer Keneko. What am I going to do? I'm going to make him a helper. So what should man expect? That his wife's going to mess him up? Or his wife's going to be a helper? It's God. It's not, not weird. It's against. So Ezer, Kenegdo. Which, Both. which? Both. So he says, so, so the first question is, what do you mean? He says, she's going to be an Ezer. If she's going to be an Ezer, what do you mean? She's going to... So Hashem is going to be... Uh, he, he's not going to be inaccurate, Hashem. He told him, I'm going to make you an Ezer. I'm going to make you someone who's going to help you. So he says, so how is it possible that she's the one 
who messed everything up with him with regard to the etzadat. Chris was also connected. Ah, so that's the exactly. So he says in the so it says Rashi brings over there. He says what? Zacha Ezer. If he's worthy, she is Ezer. If she's not worthy, Lo Zacha Kenegdo. If she's not worthy, she's against him. So you have two choices. Either the woman is Ezer, a helper, or Kenegdo, or she's against him. She can play either role. We go further, we see in Mishle, it says, Chachmot Nashim Bantabita. The wisdom of a woman builds her house. It says, who is this? This is the wife of On Ben Pelet. So you remember the story of On Ben Pelet versus the, the wife of, of, uh, of Korach. So it says, we have the story of Korach, just to give you a quick. We have the story of Korach. Korach is rebelling against Bnei Israel. Why does Korach rebel? His wife basically says to him, listen, Korach, I don't understand. Moses is the leader of the people. He makes his brother the high priest. He makes his nephew the, the guy to do this. He takes someone else in front of you and he makes him do this. Then he takes you and he shaves all the hair off of your body and he picks you up and he waves you in the air. He's doing all of this, Korach, just to make fun of you. All of this doesn't make any sense, Korach. Don't you realize? And she's the one who comes and tells him, look at him, he even made fun of you of giving you this law. He gave you a law to put tzitzit. And on the tzitzit, on the fringes, you should have one blue string. She says to him, what if the whole garment is made out of blue? Does that still need one blue string? And that's the question he comes to ask Korach. And she riles him up to the point where he rebels. Who's the wife of Ord ben Pelet? The wife of Ord ben Pelet, she sees her husband and she says to her husband, On, you're joining Korach in the rebellion. You're going to join Korach in the rebellion. What are you going to win? If Moshe wins, you're still nobody. And if Korach wins, you're still nobody. You're not going to be the leader no matter what. So you might as well just stay where you are, keep your mouth shut, and live another day. He says, but honey, I promised the boys that I was going to go with them and I was going to fight with Moshe. How could I? They were going to a rumble. I cannot go out to the rumble. I promised the boys I'd go to the rumble. She says, don't worry. She gets him a little drunk that night. He sleeps late in the morning. They come to get him. And what happens? She goes to sit outside her tent. She takes off her hair covering. She's brushing her hair in front of the people. And the people say, oh, we're not going to go. The lady's brushing our hair. We're very righteous people. We can't look at this lady's hair. And they leave On Ben Pellet. And On Ben Pellet survives. He's the only one that's mentioned in the beginning, not mentioned in the end. Why? Because the genius of his wife to save his life. So you have a wife who could save you and a wife who could throw you under the bus. So he says, this is really what the idea is. You have Ezer Kenegdo, helper against you, based on if a person is Zocher or not Zocher. So it's interesting. We, we have here that, we, we have here, since the first woman, Adam's Ezer Kenegdo, not only did not help Adam, but actually caused him to sin, because what happens? He doesn't take the fruit himself. She's the one talking to the Nachash. She's the one who eats, and she's the one who gives her husband to eat. It says, it's clear that he was not zocher. He was not meritorious. It says, in Rashi's words, lo zacha. Had he stood firm, and had he warned his wife, and made sure his wife was not with the, the nachash, then he would have been saved. 
But since he didn't do the job he was supposed to do and take care of his space, since he would have resisted his wife's advice and avoided the sin, and he would have prepared her ahead of time and counseled her not to talk to the snake, so the Nachash could not have set a trap for both of them to fall into. So it says, nevertheless, Adam HaRishon himself fell prey to the Nachash's ploy. And what happened? She went from being Ezer, a helper, to Kenegdo, to against him. So you see, you see the two possibilities here. Yeah, but Mephushim uh-huh. seldom ever say we shouldn't listen to our wives. No, no. So watch. We have to see how it works. Hey, don't worry. The Ariga is going to go very into it. The, the thing we have to understand is the source of the soul of a woman and a man is different. And the difference between a man and a woman is one chromosome. But it's a whole difference in a soul. What's the difference in the soul? Generally, we have to understand, each of us are here in this world to be metaken something that happened before. The odds are almost every one of us is a Gilgul. We were here before. And what happened is we were here before. We went up to heaven and we, we stood in front of the court and the court said, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, this is what you did, this is what you didn't do. So you have a choice. Here's the choice. You can go to hell and burn. <laughs> That's one choice. Or you could go back and fix it. But how do I fix it? In order to fix it, I have to put myself into a certain circumstance in the world. I dictate when I'm going to be born, who I'm going to be born to. I dictate. Everything is, is, you wrote the script of your life in order to set yourself up to fix what you have to fix from the previous lifetime. Generally, men come back to fix things at a certain level. Women come back because, remember, it's not a man and a woman. It's one soul that in essence is divided. So the two halves of the soul have jobs to do to fix. You have in a business. One guy runs the, manu- runs the production, the other guy runs the sales. Each one has their own, their own job within the company. So what you have in a, in a marriage is you have the, the soul has to be fixed. The woman's job is to help the man's soul get fixed. She has much less to fix. And that's why she's coming back with him in order to move him along. The idea of Ezer Kenegdo, and the simplest way that, that my rabbi explained it, is that basically you drive on the road. If you drive straight, everything's fine. Right? But what happens is a person makes a chet. In Hebrew, a chet we translate as sin. But it's not really, a chet is not a sin. A chet is if I take an arrow and I shoot the arrow and it misses its target. It means I missed my target. Now I'm driving my car, missing my target means what? I start to veer off the road. Now what happens if I start to veer off the road? Now if I veer off the road and the road is around a big mountain and I fall asleep, God forbid, I fall off the mountain. But what do we do to prevent someone from falling off the mountain? First, we have those bumper things, right? Wake up. Now, if I don't wake up to the bumper things, I hit the side rail. That's your wife, okay? (laughs) If you're going down the path and you're going straight, she's Ezer. She's there, okay, we're going. 
But if a person starts to veer off the road, what happens is she starts to yell at you. Nothing to do about what she's yelling at you. She's yelling at you because she's trying to wind you up so you should ask why do I got to get back on the road. And if I keep going, I hit the rail. And then I damage the car. But that's my fault, generally. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Generally. The problem is we, we're not, we don't understand the, the, the source of each soul. Look, the, the problem is a man can come back as a woman, a woman come back as a man. You think this whole thing of gender fluidity is in coming into our world now that there's something up. There's something going on. We know that Yitzchak Avinu, for example. Why does, why does Sarah laugh when she finds out she's going to have a child? She laughs because she knows the soul. The, the, we see that the, the, it's used in a feminine form. Darizal says that the soul of Isaac was a female soul. And therefore, she saw Isaac supposed to be the one who's going to have all the generations after Abraham. Sorry, God. He has a female soul. He can't have kids. Why? He can't have kids. What happens to Isaac? Why doesn't, if, if Isaac's going to be the whole future, Abraham should have got him married at 21. What's he waiting for? He's waiting to do the Akedah, 37, and get him married before the Akedah. But what happens, it's only at the Akedah that the soul of Isaac leaves him and a different soul comes back into him. And that soul that comes back into him is a male soul, which allows him to have children with his wife. And that's why she is born the day his soul comes back. Because they're the two halves of the same soul that come back. So Rivka is born the day of the Akedah. Why? Because the two souls come back into the earth. And that's why when they're praying in the two corners... It says, God answered him. They're both praying. It's using the term, they are praying, and God answered him. So Rashi over there writes, the prayers of a righteous person, the son of a righteous person, are better than the prayers of a righteous person, the child of a wicked person. She's the child of... of, uh, of no, Lavan's her brother. She's the child of Lavan's father. Betuel, thank you. So she's the child of Betuel, he's the child of Abraham. But the Arizal says, that's not it. God answers him because it's his soul that's the issue. And only then is, the, is it complete his soul in order for him to have children. You also had Sarah, thinks she saw that he died. So maybe she saw his female soul going up. And, and the, the, the interesting thing is that, when, what's the test? So we're off on a shoot. We'll see how. But what's the test to find if Rivka is going to be... We're going to see if she is filled with chesed. Right? The problem is that it's not the woman who's supposed to be filled with chesed. The woman is supposed to be givurah. She's supposed to be the strength. She's supposed to be the backbone. She's supposed to be the guy who slaps you in the head when you're doing too much. What, what happens? She's filled with chesed. Why? Because she's almost playing the male role compared to Yitzhak. He's the Gvura, where she's supposed to be the Gvura. So you see it in a number of cases. I, I have cases I brought that the Arizal brings. I have uh, one very interesting case. This is, this is very interesting. This is from Magid Mesharim. So off on a tangent, but I pulled this. So what's Magid Mesharim? We have the Shulchan Aruch, the Jewish law. The laws that we follow are based on Shulchan Aruch, 
Shulchan Aruch was written by a rabbi in the 16th century who lived in Safat. His name was Rabbi Joseph Karo. Yosef Karo. Yosef Karo, when he writes Shulchan Aruch, there's no spooky stuff. There's nothing. Everything is, is, is halacha, black and white, simple, follow. But he writes a separate book called Magid Mesharim. What's Magid Mesharim? Every night after midnight, he used to go up to his attic and an angel used to come and sit and learn with him. And what the angel used to tell him, he wrote. So here's one thing from Magid Meshari. The angel, this is the angel talking. I have already revealed to you last Shabbat concerning your first two wives. So apparently Rav Yosef Karo had three wives. Now in those days, remember, a woman often passed away during childbirth, so it wasn't so uncommon for a man to have a number of wives in his life. He says, now I have come to reveal to you the secret of your third wife. You should know that the woman was in the past a proper Torah scholar. Hmm. However, he, he, your wife, he, hmm. okay? You read this in a certain place today, you get a, they'll stone you. <laughs> but this is Rav Yosef Karo's writing. He was stingy with his money and would not give charity. He was also stingy with his wisdom and he would not teach others. He was therefore punished. His soul migrated into a neshama of a woman. Therefore, his soul was incarnated into this woman who was constantly receiving because, she, because as a Torah scholar, his job was to do what? To give. It was to give other people the money, other people take care of them, other people knowledge. What did he not do? He didn't do his job, which was to give. So he's transformed into who? The woman who receives. And basically in, 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 in the in sexual relationship, the man puts the seed in the woman, the woman is the receiver. She's, she's nourishing. Here he says, he says, so, so she needed, who is constantly receiving, and she needs someone to give to her. Therefore you see that in her life as your wife, she does abundant charity work because she's trying to be metaken what she did wrong. And she loves you very much, bless you, because you spread Torah and you toil in writing the books and you toil to teach others because through what you're doing, it brings a rectification to Han Neshama simply by supporting you in your work. It's because she has the soul of a male that you don't have any children from her. Because, her, her, because a male and another male cannot produce offspring. If you shall point out that she has children from her first husband, this is because her first husband actually had a female soul within him. And the two of them were able to have children together. Boom. I mean, that's heavy, right? So what was the problem? So, so we go back to Adam. Because you listened to your wife, right? You listened to your wife's words. You ate from the tree, which I commanded you not to eat from it. What's his punishment? His punishment is The ground is cursed because of you. And how are you going to eat food? From the By the sweat of your, right? The sweat, but through your suffering, you're going to eat all the days of your life. So, the, the, the Semach David, he writes... So he says to Adam, because you listen to the voice of your wife, he's rebuking Adam. 
because he listened to the words of his wife. So it's surprising since his sin was not that he listened to his wife. His sin was that he didn't listen to God. So why is God rebuking him because he listened to his wife? He should be rebuking him. You didn't listen to me. I told you don't eat. He listened to his wife. He says, How, what is it, what's going on? He can't be a Gilgul because he's the first guy. He's no Gilgul, right. <laughs> the problem is with the, we, have the, we, we have to deal another day with the first wife. This is the second wife. <laughs> Hence it appears that Hashem is teaching Adam of lesson. He says man is meant to influence and woman is meant to be influenced by man. So there's different roles that people have. In reality, we're going to say the woman's role is supportive. The man's role is to support. Uh, that's the way of the world. But not to say that roles don't mix. Also, the, the role of the woman is to learn, but to learn from whom? From a husband. Why? Because in order to learn, a person has to teach. So if I learn something and I don't teach it, I'm going to lose it. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go home and have a conversation with my wife about what I learned in order for it to help me to understand it better. So there's a partnership there. Adam neglected his wisdom. He reversed the roles. Instead of being the giver, he was the receiver of the information. He was influenced. And one offense led to another. You partook of which I forbade you because he, first of all, he didn't listen to the first part. He should have been giving his wife, telling his wife what she should and shouldn't do. He had heard from God himself. What his responsibility then is, God explained to me, let me explain to you. Instead, he doesn't do that. And one sin leads to the next sin. A small sin he brings leads to a major sin. So he says, you have to be aware. That's why he says that a person has to be nervous to even do a small sin. Because the result of a small transgression that we do in our lives is that it leads to a bigger transgression. We see in the Gemara that in Gemara Kedushin, it tells us that men are obligated in the mitzvah of learning Torah. Women are not. So it's derived from the Pasuk and it says, So men are responsible. Men have a positive commandment to learn Torah. Women have a commandment to learn in order to do what? To teach the children and to know what to do. But the reality is, it's on the man to teach the woman so that she should know. It's not her obligation to learn, it's the man's obligation to teach her. Difference? So Hashem created man. Man was meant to be mashpia, giving. The woman was meant to receive. It says, the woman is meant to be mekabel. It says, had Adam and Chava observed this format, they would not have fallen into the trap of the Nachash, and they would not have eaten from the tree of, of knowledge. Adam would have seen fit to teach his wife ahead of time to resist, and the, the, the Nachash would have failed. So in this regard, Adam HaRishon erred. Rather than be a mashpia, he became the Mechabel. He follows her advice with regard to his interaction with the outside world. This violates the basic premise of creation. Now remember, this was also written 400 years ago. Okay. So it says, the one, but, but, but even today, you have to see, it does still, 
See, so one of the things that I was reading, it says, listen, that, that we, we cross certain lines today, women are a little different, women learning different, women are allowed to learn different, it's not the same because the nature of our souls is, is, is possibly changing because of the tests that we have. So here, Hashem is rebuking Adam on two, two counts. One, for following his wife. And two, and the second one is because he ate from the tree. But if he had not messed up the first, he would not have done the second. Now we understand why Adam is, recall, is called an ingrate. He turns to God and he says to God, the woman who you created was meant to assist me. And she didn't assist me. So really, whose fault is it? It's your fault. Because you gave me a defective... Uh, but the reality is the blame was on him. Because had he done what he was supposed to do, she would not have done what she did. Goes further. So a woman's an ezer only when you, when you do what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Says Zaha ezer. Lo zaha. If you do what you're supposed to do, then you don't need her. Ah, but you do need her. You need her to, you need her to make sure to still keep you going. Because, and you also need her because you, you can't... So remember the concept now, if I'm receiving, I have to give. And who am I giving to? The other half. The Semach David goes further. He says, Rav said to Rav Chia, By what means do women accrue credit? He says, what does the Gemara say? By bringing their children to the synagogue to learn Torah. By sending their husbands to the Bet Midrash to learn Torah. And by waiting for their husbands until they return from the, from the study hall. <laughs> so it seems ridiculous. My whole job as a woman, you say, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to tell you, are you crazy? My whole job is that I should have kids, take kids to the school, take my husband to learn, wait for my husband while he learns at home. That's my job in the world? It doesn't make sense. The, the Mephashim answered the question, goes, are you crazy? Is this the only way that women accrue credit in this world? Of course it's not. Women have mitzvot to do. Women have a lot of mitzvot to do. So why are you telling me that this is why they're queuing? This is ridiculous. Women have so many mitzvot to do. Some mitzvot that we don't do, women can only do. So what are you telling me? So he says, how do we understand it? We know, we read on Pesach, it says, Amma Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah says, Hare ani keben shiv'im shana. I'm like 70 years. Velo zachiti. Uses the word zachiti, zacha. Merited. It talks about merit. A person has to merit. What does it mean? Lo zachiti. He says, I wasn't able to convince my colleagues that it was necessary to, to mention the exodus at night. That's the, whole, uh, that's the whole thing we read about. Do we say, the, the interesting thing is when we say Shema at night, the opinion was, we only say at night the two paragraphs, Ve'ahavta, you should love God, Ve'ayayim Shamoa, if you will listen. The third paragraph about Tzitzit, which is about Yetziat Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, the opinion was not to say it. He convinced them to say it. So he says, what does it mean? He says, one cannot prevail over the Yetzir Hara except by means of studying the Torah. It says in Kedushin, this is what Hashem said to B'nai Israel. Banai, I cre- my children, I created the evil inclination. I created the Torah as its antidote. And if you work with the Torah, 
you will not be taken into the hands of the evil inclination. So by studying Torah, you're going to be protected. So Rav said, by what means do women accrue credit? The question is not what merits they, they, they have. He says, but what enables them to prevail over the Yetzirara, to prevail over the evil inclination, while they're not studying Torah? He says, Rav Chia replied, by bringing their children to the synagogue to learn, and by sending their husbands. In the merit of women assisting and enabling their children and their husbands to engage in the study of Torah, they share equally in the, in the study of the Torah of the women. It's like Rabbi Akiva. Remember, Rabbi Akiva goes to learn for 14 years. He comes back and the neighbor is telling his wife, look at you, a lousy husband. He went away for 14 years and he left you. She says, if he went away another 14 years, I'd be thrilled. He goes back another 14 years. After 28 years, because he's worried if he says hello, he's not going to leave her. After 28 years, he comes back with what? 24,000 students with him. He comes into town and everyone comes out to see the great rabbi. Now this lady is pushing through. Lady, go away. You can't go to the rabbi. Go away. Finally she pushes through. He sees who it is. Who is it? It's his wife. He tells his students, you should understand. Everything that I have and everything that you have is only because of her. She has credit for everything. Because if she didn't stand by me and get me to do this... Would never have been. His wife was the no. His wife was the daughter of Rachel, the daughter of Kalva Savua. Her, 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 her father-in-law was her father was a very wealthy man, and she left all her wealth. She sold her hair just to get money to live. She lived like a pauper for the years, and then it was interesting because Kalva Savua came to to Rabbi Akiva. He didn't realize it was his son-in-law. And he said, I made a vow to disown my daughter. Is there a way for me to annul the vow? He says, what happened? He says, my daughter married a guy who was uh, zero and I wanted her to marry a scholar. And he says to Kava, well, what, what if the son-in-law was a scholar? Would you, would you have made the vow? He goes, absolutely not. He goes, I'm your son-in-law. I'm going to annul the vow. Boom. He says that. So at this point we see Adam Arishon's sin, his downfall was... Because he reversed roles. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. So he says, in, in, we, we now have an, an understanding of what Rav Chia says. Nashim b'maizachim. Women, how do they merit? The Arizal gives an answer in Sha'ar HaGilgulim, in Gates of Reincarnation. He says that every person has to make amends for his or her part in the sin of the Etzadat, in the tree of knowledge. We, we ate, the man ate, the woman ate. He says, all the male neshamot were included in Adam. All the female souls were included in Chava. So the woman has to make up for what Chava did. The man has to make up. How does the woman make up? How does the woman make up? She follows three special mitzvot that is specific to the woman. Mitzvot of Nida. Because through her sin, it caused mankind's death, blood. So she has the mitzvah of nida. She was given the mitzvah of challah because through her sin, man had to work in order to eat bread. And she was given the mitzvah of ner, light, candle, because through her sin, the soul, the light, was removed from the world. So he says, so Rav Chia says, Nashim, how are they merit? How do they do it, he says. She says, because she took of the fruit and ate it and she gave her husband to eat, and he ate, 
Instead of being the mekapel, mekha, the, the receiver, she became the mashpia, the giver. What does she have to do? She has to go to the opposite to make sure her children and her husband do what they're supposed to do. She has to make sure that they learn and they learn in order to give over to her or someone else. So they have to demonstrate that they wish to learn from their husband the ways of Torah. A proper wife has to have a husband come home and say, Honey, what'd you learn? Tell me what you learned. Tell me what you go. Wow, what'd you learn? I want to know what you learned. And they have to, they, they shouldn't uh, strive in the act of mashpia. They should be the one who's mekabel. If they do that, they rectify the sin of Chavai Menu. Goes further. He says, what's the practical significance? It was bad enough that Adam HaRishon openly rebelled against Hashem by violating a direct command not to eat from the etzadat. Nevertheless, the sages found it necessary to, to stress that in truth, what was his biggest sin? He was an ingrate. He did something wrong. Instead of just saying, I did wrong, what did he do? He was an ingrate by saying, it was all because of the woman you gave me. The woman you gave me, she gave me. That was the why. So he shows a lack of appreciation of Hashem. To comprehend the significance of a person's lack of appreciation towards Hashem, you look really at the Ten Commandments. The beginning of the Ten Commandments is, Anochi Hashem, I am God, your God, who took you out of the land of Egypt. Why do we have to follow all the laws of the Torah? For one reason only. We appreciate that God saved us and took care of us, and therefore we owe Him, and therefore we have to do all the mitzvot. That's it. Our obligation is because we owe God. The basis, he says, coincides with the message delivered by Hashem. Says, what, is, what does he say? He says, This people which I fashioned for myself, that they should declare my praise. Rashi says, Hashem created B'nai Israel to speak His praise. The purpose of creation is for B'nai Israel to spread the praise of Hashem, by so doing, we express our gratitude and recognition of all the favor He's shown us in His infinite mercy and kindness. Keep going further. Occasionally, a person performs an act which he initially considers to be mitzvah, yet subsequently he's tormented by doubts. You could do something and you're not sure, did I do the right thing or not? He tells you, how do you know if it was the right thing or not? He says, you see it from the next action. He brings an example. He says there was a gathering of people and the people were pressing to come close to the rabbi in order to hear him. And when they came to press close to him, they knocked the candles over on Friday night, they put the candles out, and they committed a sin, even though it was an accident. He said, had they come L'Shem Shamayim to hear the rabbi, they would not have knocked over the candles, because it would have been a mitzvah, which gorer a mitzvah, which earns a mitzvah, or leads to a mitzvah, as opposed to a mitzvah that led to a sin. He says that a person always has to know, if he wants to know if his action is positive or not, see what's the result of that action. If the result of that action is positive, then he could know that it was positive. If the result is negative, he should think that it was negative. And really he's saying that a person has to understand that you, know, you have to look at it this way, that everything is, is really dictated in some way by Hashem, everything that goes on. Keep going. We're mostly done. It says, based on this concept, we have an explanation for a statement found in the Gemara. One of the questions a person is asked when he appears before the heavenly court is, 
is Havata Devad Mitoch Devad. Did you understand a thing from a thing? Meaning, when you learn, did you understand something from something else? But he's saying, no, that's not what this means. It means that, did you understand that one action you do leads to another action? Did you understand that from one action you could understand whether the other action was positive or not? He says, a person is given so many tools in this world to understand from one to another, he says that the person should really be able to see the world. And if a person doesn't, when he gets to Shamayim, that's one of his questions, did you or not? Who said this? This is, this is the Gemara, Shabbat. It says, it says 31b, it says, that this is one of the questions that Hashem asks in heaven. So now going back to Adam HaRishon, Hashem places him in the Garden of Eden. He says to him that I give you dominion over the work of your hands, everything placed in your feet. So Adam was given permission to eat from everything in the garden. He was commanded to eat from every tree with the exception of one tree. He says of every tree in the garden you could freely eat, but of the Etz Hadat of Torah you shouldn't eat. So when Adam rebelled against Hashem by eating of the Etz Hadat, he demonstrates a complete lack of gratitude. <laughs> what did Hashem ask us to do? It says, according to the Yerot Davash, he was persuaded by the Nachash that it was necessary for him to eat from the Etz Hadat, L'Shem Shamayim. So when every time we sin in this world, we never sin thinking we're doing something wrong. We always justify our actions. We say we did it for a specific reason. The Nachash convinced Adam that there's 50 gates of understanding in this world. And in this world, you could only get to the level of... 49. In order for you, Adam, to get to the 50th, you have to eat from the tree, even if it means losing your life. So now the Nachash convinces him that he's doing something proper. So in his mind, oh, I'm doing a mitzvah. How do you know it's not a mitzvah? Because you see one result from another. He says, hence our sages say that when Adam says that he blamed his wife, he had this, this tremendous lack of gratitude, and it reflects back on his, on his eating. The Gemara goes further and says, Le'olam, always, Adam zahir ishto. A person should be careful with the respect of his wife. She'en betoch beto, because there's no blessing to be found in a person's house, with, with, except through his wife. She'ne'emar, it says, he brings the pasuk. He says, why is Hashem, why is Hashem, why, why Hashem punished Adam for the sin of the etzadat by making him work for a livelihood? He says, because you listened to the words of your wife about the tree which I commanded you not to eat. He says, what, how does it connect the two? He says that because of that, you're going to be punished and you're going to, the ground is going to give you thorns and thistles. It's going to be very difficult for you to, to earn a livelihood. He says, based on this, we have, a, we have an important understanding of, the, of rainfall, which is necessary to produce vegetation from the earth. It tells us in the Perashah that Hashem had planted these, there was trees and there was grass, but nothing grew until when? Till Adam prayed. Adam prayed and then the rain came. The rain only comes when we understand and appreciate God. So he says, if a person understands and appreciates the gift of his wife, right? That's the same as Hashem saying, okay, now I'll give you everything. Because a person is showing appreciation in this world. Everything in this world that Arizal is saying is based on a person showing appreciation. 
we wake up in the morning, what's the first thing we say? Modeani, thank you, Hashem. I thank you. I admit, I thank you. Admitting and thanking is really the same. Then we thank Hashem because we go to the bathroom. We thank Hashem because we could see. We thank Hashem because we could stand. We thank Hashem because we have we could we have clothing. We thank Hashem because we have shoes. We thank Hashem for all of these things. That's our day is thanking Hashem. If we show appreciation, then Hashem rewards us by giving us more. If you have a kid and you give the kid and the kid says, ah, what are you gonna do? Not give him anything else. But if the kid says, Thank you, thank you, what do you do? You want to give him more. It says, the explanation is based on what we learned. The observance of mitzvot is from an obligation to show our gratitude to Hashem for taking us out of Egypt. It follows, therefore, that when we observe all the mitzvot, it's clear that we recognize and show Hashem gratitude for the rains and the vegetation. Therefore, the Torah says that Hashem is going to provide rain. He's going to bring us grain. He's going to bring us wine. He's going to give us oil. But the failure to observe the Torah gives us the opposite. He's going to hold back the rain. It says, the Gemara says in Ta'anit, Gadol Yom HaGeshamim, great is the day of rain, Keyom Shenitna Bo Torah. It's the same as the day you gave us the Torah. The Torah was given to Israel so that they could fill the mitzvot and could thereby express their gratitude to Hashem. Therefore, on a day that Hashem gives us rain, in return for our demonstrating our appreciation and gratitude for Hashem's benevolence, the purpose of the Torah is established. At this point, we could appreciate the element of measure for measure contained in the punishment of Adam. You didn't appreciate the gift that I gave you. Therefore, you have to work for it on yourself. If you appreciate the world, then you don't. Next page. It says, so Hashem says, He says, He confirms His lack of appreciation and gratitude by complaining about the wife that Hashem gave Him. But if man toils and labors and sweats to plow the earth and remove the thorns in order to eat bread, he's going to then what? Learn to appreciate what God gave him. The harder you work, the more difficult it is, the more you turn to God and say, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. The first time I appreciated the bracha of Asher Yatzar is when I had no idea what was happening to me. I pulled on the side of the road, my back was killing, I couldn't pee. I ended up in the hospital. I sat there in the hospital, I had a kidney stone. It's the first time I appreciated that miracle of me being able to go to the bathroom and pee. Okay? When do you appreciate it? You only appreciate it when you don't have it. Right? The same way, when you're working, killing yourself, then you appreciate, oh, thank you God for giving me what you give me. He says, a person has to learn to express his appreciation to Hashem. Therefore, a person has to understand how does a person get in this world wealth and everything else? He has to be careful in the honor of his wife. Because a bracha doesn't come to a person's house with, except through the person's wife. What does that mean? By appreciating my wife that Hashem gave me. Then what happens is, I'm appreciating the whole world Hashem gave me. I'm appreciating everything that I have. And therefore, Hashem could bless me with more. So first, he violated a direct warning not to eat from the etzadat. Then he showed a lack of appreciation by blaming his wife. It's only fitting that the tikkun for these indiscretions is what? To respect and honor one's wife. He says, doing so conveys to her that one appreciates her and recognizes the kindness of her being the ezer kenegdo. All the more so, it's necessary for us to express our thanks and appreciation to Hashem for fashioning the world in this way. 
that we have a system to stop us from going off the side of the road, that we have a, a block to make sure we don't go, go on that. What do we have to do when we start to go over? We have to do teshuvah. Teshuvah means what? Come back onto the road. It's all about driving. Chet is missing the mark. Teshuvah coming back. You just got to correct the wheel. So Hashem, we have to thank Him for giving us the Ezer Kenegdo. This serves as a tikkun for Adam HaRishon's ingratitude touring Hashem. He says, all beracha comes to a person's house by a person showing gratitude. So what's the article in Inc. Magazine? The article in Inc. Magazine is this person says, I, I, I changed my whole life around when every day for 60 seconds, I stopped every morning for 60 seconds to think, God, what am I thankful for? Improves. In fact, research is published in the Journal of Positive Psychology, published in January 28, 2018, showing direct links with gratitude, with hope and happiness. While classic research published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology from expert Robert Emmons links gratitude directly with well-being. And he goes on this whole thing for an article and saying how a person's life changes by a person saying thank you. Us, our whole nature is saying thank you. What are we called? We're called Yehudim. What does Yehudim come from? Yehuda. But what's from Yehuda? Because who's the first one to think? Leah. Leah, because she said there were going to be four wives. If four wives are going to have 12 tribes, each one is going to have three kids. She has a fourth kid. Now I have more than I deserve. So she names her fourth son Yehuda. What's Yehuda from the word? Think. Hoda'ah. To think. We are called Yehudim. Jews. Where are we called Yehudim? Because we're called Yehudim from the word Yehuda, from Hoda'ah. The nature of us is supposed to be to appreciate and to think. And if we want blessing in the world, the answer is very simple. Darizal says, all the, they all say, what's the answer to this? Is simply to be appreciative of what we have. That's the answer to what we should do in the world. That's it. Being thankful. So he says this article in Inc. Magazine for 60 seconds a day, be thankful. We get up every morning. We say the brachot hashachar. How fast do I say brachot hashachar? I probably say the whole thing in one minute. And I don't know if I think of the words. I think of Asher Yatzar because I always remember my kidney song. Because I, I, uh, I carry, what's it called with me? A pill, uh, what's it called? Uh, a uh, painkiller just in case I get it again. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, you appreciate, but what would she do? We should really look at all the brachot and say, Wow, Hashem. Oh, someone said to me in my apartment the other night, it was a girl, she said, she was talking to my daughter about uh, this, this, this. She says, you know what's Ashir? What's Ashir? I said, I, I, I heard this and I forgot it. Enayim, eyes. Shinayim, teeth. Yadayim, hands. Raglayim, feet. I'm rich, what I have. My eyes, my, eyes, my teeth, my hands, my feet. Imagine, God forbid, what a person would give if they didn't have. We have to appreciate the world we have. We have to appreciate the things that we have. We have to learn to say thank you. I think that that's really the biggest lesson that Arizal brings in, uh, in this, uh, relating to this whole idea of, uh, of Ezer Kenegdo. Thank you for joining us. This class was originally recorded uh, in October 2019, 5780. Uh, for another wonderful class on Vedashid, please search back into the podcast. We had a wonderful class on uh, on the Birkat Levana and Neshama Yetera, on the uh, the prayer we say for the new moon, and uh, 
and also on the additional soul that we get. Uh, you can find that back there. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and please like us. Uh, that way we get more people to listen and more people to to be able to spread the Torah. So it's big mitzvah. Thanks, everybody. Please join us again.